Hello everyone, I'm your host Luke, and um, this is a heavier topic, and I understand if you um, want to move on to the next video slash podcast. I perfectly understand that, and uh, no judgment will be passed. But for those of you who wish to stay till the end, um, I will share my own, uh, some of my own familial history with uh, cancer. So first, to know what a cancerous cell is, we have to know what a normal cell is. Features of normal cells. This comes to us from cancerresearchuk.org. Normal body cells have a number of important features. They can produce when and where it's needed. They stick together in the right place in the body. They self-destruct when they become damaged or become too old. A normal cell can only re... Or I was about to say reproduce, but um, divide a um, certain or a finite number of times before it will undergo apoptosis, which is programmed cell death, um, where the cell will uh, destroy itself. Like the cell wall will explode or whatever. Um, and then the last thing normal cells do is become specialized, or another word is mature. This means they have a specific role to perform in the body, such as a muscle cell or red blood cells. So cancer cells are different to normal cells in various ways. I know that it's a only part of the show, but um, one show that really uh, inspired me to look deeper into this subject was You've probably heard of it, Breaking Bad. The main character, Walter White, has, uh, it's either stage three or stage four lung cancer. But basically, he gets told it's terminal uh, with the treatment of um, chemo. Um, they're able to extend his life by a couple months, but... In the end, he still uh, passes on, but that's for a different video. So unlike normal cells, cancer cells don't stop growing and dividing when there are enough of them. So the cells keep doubling, forming a lump, also known as a tumor, that grows in size. A tumor forms made up of billions of copies of the original cancerous cell. Cancers of blood cells, known as leukemias, don't form tumors but they make many abnormal blood cells that build up in the blood. Um, that original cancerous cell. So in your genome, there's something called a tumor suppressor gene, also known as an oncogene. And a genetic mutation can occur in any cell in your body every time that uh, they 
undergo um, cell division. Your normal cells have four different checks that they go through to make sure that the DNA was copied correctly or duplicated correctly. Um, but when there's a um, enough buildup of bad DNA on the tumor suppressor gene, that is one way that a cell can become cancerous. So to me, here's a, another fascinating thing is that cancer cells actually ignore signals from other cells and can actually send out their own signals. So a cancer cell inside your body is like a parasite. It is sucking up resources from the surrounding healthy cells, but can also send bad signals to um, the surrounding cells, obviously. Cells send chemical signals to each other all the time. Normal cells obey signals that tell them when they have reached their limit and will cause damage if they grow any further. But something in cancer cells stops the normal signaling system from working. That might be a uh, genetic thing. I, I honestly don't know. I'm not a scientist. Cancer cells don't stick together. They can lose the molecules on their surface that keep normal cells in the right place so they can break away from their neighbors. This to me means um, when a cancerous growth um, metastasizes or spreads throughout your body, one way that a doctor will um, check if, you're, um, if this has happened and uh, has uh, broken off from the tumor is they will run tests against your lymph nodes. Sadly, if there are cancerous cells in your lymph nodes, it means that your those cancer cells can be literally anywhere in your body. And we will touch upon this at the end of the episode because I have a theory that's what happened to one of my relatives. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that. So this helps to explain how cancer cells can spread to other parts of the body. Uh, cancer cells don't specialize. Unlike healthy cells, cancer cells don't carry on maturing or become uh, specialized. Cells mature so that they're able to carry out the function in the body. This process of maturing is called differentiation. In cancer, the cells are very often reproducing very quickly and don't have a chance to mature. Because the cells can't mature, they don't work properly. And because they divide quicker than usual, there's a higher chance that they will pick up even more genetic mistakes. They can make them even more immature so that they divide and grow even more quickly. So it's like a once you push the proverbial snowball down the hill, it only has the potential to get worse and worse. Cancer cells can't also repair themselves 
or die, which is apoptosis. I don't know the term for when they quote unquote repair themselves. Normal cells can repair themselves if their genes become damaged. I don't, okay, this is known as DNA repair. I didn't even know that was a thing. Cells self-destruct if the damage is too bad. That process is called apoptosis. Cancer cells, the molecules that decide whether a cell should repair itself are faulty. For example, a protein called P53 usually checks if the cell can repair its genes or if the cell should die. But many cancers have a faulty version of P53, so they don't repair themselves properly. This leads to more problems. New gene faults or mutations can make cancer cells grow faster, spread to other parts of the body, and resistant to uh, towards treatment. Cancer cells can ignore the signals that tell them to self-destruct, so they don't under, undergo apoptosis when they should. Scientists call this making cells immortal. Cancer cells look different, though. Under a microscope, cancer cells look very different from normal cells. They are different sizes because, you know, they're not regulated at all and they're just continually growing. They are different sizes and some may be larger than normal, while others are smaller. They often have an abnormal shape, aka the tumor, um, as we'll get to at the end. Um, my relative had a horseshoe-shaped um, growth um, cancer. And they often have a nucleus or control center that looks abnormal. Um, so, in, I, I, once again, I am not a scientist. This is just my own personal thoughts is, okay, so in some diseases, scientists are using bacteriophages or a special kind of virus that targets bacteria to um, fight against a, they use it as a form of advanced treatment against a disease because the bacteriophages, um, you know, they're very specialized killers and they will only target a very specific type of cell. So like a, a virus has a very, in a very simple terms, has a lock and key method of inserting their DNA into a cell or a bacterial cell. And then all that a viral cell does is that it forces that um, infected bacteria to, or human cell, to, it takes over the part machinery of the cell and it forces it to make more and more and more copies of the bacteriophage um, from, uh, until the thing explodes and they go on to repeat the process ad nauseum, right? Um, so here's my thought process. What if, since cancer cells are so different and they're unspecialized and um, are a very specific kind of cell and are, you know, obviously unique, and let's say they've metastasized. Let's say you inject a 
special form of bacteriophage into a person's body that has like stage three, stage four cancer, you know, basically where it's terminal. And those bacteriophages are genetically modified to seek out cancer cells and um, target those cells and kill them. Because what what's the main cancer treatment that you're... Um, that people do. It's chemotherapy, right? You're basically poisoning your own body or, you know, they also do radiation therapy, but you're basically poisoning your own body to try to kill off the tumorous growth. But in the process, you're um, harming the rest of your normal functioning body. That's why people lose weight. They lose their hair. They, you know, there's other side effects of chemotherapy, um, obviously. So now we get to um, I just thought this was an interesting side note. I'm gonna I'm gonna spell it out because if I say it it's gonna <laughs> sound weird so it's p it's spelled p e t o apostrophe s paradox how has evolution solved the problem of cancer prevention this is an article from 2017 and it has been accessed 41,000 times so it's abstract re reads the risk of developing cancer should theoretically, that's the key word here, increase with both the number of cells and the lifespan of an organism. However, gigantic animals do not get more cancer than humans, suggesting that superhuman cancer suppression has evolved numerous times across the tree of life. And this is the essence and promise of this paradox. Um... So, you know, they're, a modern day example is like a rhinoceros, a giraffe, a whale, you know, like a sperm whale or whatever. And, you know, like theoretically, since they have such a higher amount of uh, cells in relation to like their body size, you know, as a compared to like us, like humans, they should have um, more cancer, right? So I, I've watched a video on this about about it by a YouTube channel called uh, Kurtzagost. And basically what their theory was is that it was... Um, is that there's cancer, okay, like let's say a cancer cell or a cancerous growth forms on like a whale's body. Basically, the theory that has been put forwards is that there's something called a super tumor 
or super tumors that form within that cancerous growth and it competes against the other cancerous growth and it just kind of cancels itself out and whatever in whatever way shape or form it's able to so the paradox is named after epidemiologist richard yeah who noted the relationship between time and cancer when he was studying how tumors form in mice he observed that the probability of cancer progression was related to the duration of exposure to the carcinogen benzpyrene. He later added body mass to the equation when he wondered why humans both contain a thousand times more cells but live 30 times longer than mice, yet the two species do not suffer incredibly different probabilities of developing cancer. Furthermore, cancer was not a major cause of Mortality for large and long-lived animals, despite the increased theoretical risks. So, why is it a paradox? In a multicellular organism, cells must go through a cell cycle that includes growth and division. Every time a human cell divides, it must copy its 6 million base pairs of DNA and inevitably makes some mistakes. These mistakes are called somatic mutations. Some somatic mutations may occur in genetic pathways that control cell proliferation, DNA repair, apoptosis, telomere erosion, and growth of new blood vessels, disrupting the normal checks on carcinogenesis. If every cell division carries a chance that a cancer-causing somatic mutation could occur, then the risk of developing cancer should be a function of the number of cell divisions in an organism's lifetime. Therefore, large-bodied and long-lived organisms should face a higher lifetime risk of cancer simply due to the fact that their bodies contain more cells and will undergo more cell divisions over the course of their lifespan. However, a 2015 study that compared cancer incidents from zoo necropsy data for 36 mammals found that a higher risk of cancer does not correlate with increased body mass or lifespan. In fact, the evidence suggested that larger, long-lived mammals actually get less cancer. And this has profound implications for our understanding of how nature has solved the cancer problem over the course of evolution. Because, I mean, just... Just think of how um, you know big like a long neck dinosaur was or a whale or a t rex you know it doesn't matter okay, so um discovering the mechanisms underlying these solutions to the paradox requires the tools of numerous subfields of biology including genomics, comparative methods, and experiments with cells. For instance, genomic analyses re reveal that the African savanna elephant, Loxodonta africana, genome contains 20 copies or 40 alleles of the most famous tumor suppressor gene, TP53. The human genome only contains one and two functional TP53 alleles, 
that are required for proper checks on cancer progression. When cells become stressed and incur DNA damage, they can either try to repair the DNA or undergo apoptosis. The protein produced by the TP TP53 gene is necessary to turn on this apoptotic pathway. Humans with one defective TP53 allele have Lee from many syndrome and a roughly 90% lifetime risk of many cancers because they cannot properly shut down cells with DNA damage. Meanwhile, experiments reveal that elephant cells exposed to ionizing radiation behave in a manner consistent with what you would expect with all those TP53 copies, that they are much likely to switch on the apoptotic pathway and therefore destroy cells rather than accumulate carcinogenic mutations. So how many different solutions to this paradox are there? Um, because the larger body size has evolved independently so many times across the tree of life. We know that whales did not evolve the extra copies of TP53 like elephants. In fact, there's no evidence that whales evolved any cop extra copies of any tumor suppressor gene. Um, even the gigantic bowhead whale, uh, which has a lifespan of 200 years. Populations, large body size is often associated with higher fitness, conferring greater access to resources or mates and better predator avoidance. Um, so it is not surprising that large body size has evolved again and again um, throughout the evolutionary timeline. Uh, and this is known as Cope's Rule. Cope's Rule applies widely across life from diverse marine taxa to the extinct giant dinosaurs. Large body size he has evolved independently in 10 of the 11 placental mammalian orders. Um, so what is Cope's Rule? Cope's Rule. Okay, so it was named after American paleontologist Edward Drinker Cope that postulates that population lineages tend to increase in body size over evolutionary time. But, you know, once again, that just um, is dependent on I mean, natural selection is just survival of the fittest. So, I mean, you know, at one point in time, if you look up the Carboniferous era, there that was the age of giant insects, but, you know, that broke Cope's rule, right? Because you don't see giant insects anymore, do you? I mean, look up some of the, look, look up a documentary on YouTube or something on the Carboniferous era, you'll, <laughs> you'll your head will kind of go for a spin. So, um, 
before we go on to the different ways that cancer is treated, um, I would just like to say I don't like that there's four different ads that came up when I typed in that are ta targeting this um, <laughs> that are targeting these Google keywords. I literally just typed in ways to kill cancer cells and I got four different ads. I mean, yeah. Okay, so uh, the very first one, it um, advertises no chemo, no radiation, top four alternative treatments. Um, one claims of having holistic cancer treatments. Um, I don't know what they mean by metastatic cancer treatments. That's the next one. And then another one is what kills cancer cells in the body? Live healthy and well. And then just reading the description. Wellness starts today. Um, find lifestyle tips and info on, quote, what kills cancer cells in the body? Find wellness. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with that, but on skin, I'm no doctor, so whatever. Okay, so now we go to the ways that uh, cancer is killed. Um, uh, cancer treatments may be used as primary treatments, or sorry, three different kinds. Primary treatments, the goal of a primary treatment is to completely remove the cancer from your body or kill all the cancer cells. Um, adjunct treatment. The goal of this therapy is to kill any cancer cells that may remain after primary treatment in order to reduce the chance of, um, it's not called remission, it's like re-emergence or whatever. Um, And those common adjuvant, adjuvant therapies include chemotherapy, radiation, and hormone therapy. Uh, and then the last one is palliative treatment. Palliative treatments may help relieve side effects of treatment or signs and symptoms caused by cancer itself. Surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, and hormone therapy can all be used to relieve symptoms. Other medications may relieve symptoms such as pain and shortness of breath. Um, palliative treatment can be used at the same time as well as other treatments intended to cure cancer. What you can expect. Many cancer treatments are available. Your treatment options will depend on several factors such as the type and stage uh, your general health, and your preferences. Together, you and your doctor can weigh the benefits and risks of each cancer treatment to determine which is best for you. Um, so I'm just going to read um, all the different ones they list. This is not an endorsement of any single one or 
saying that one is better than the other. I just wanted to read all of them. Because this might affect me someday. Or somebody you know. Or yourself, you know. It's, as we all age and get older, you know, this is a possible outcome of life, right? So surgery. The goal of surgery is to remove the cancer as or as much of the cancer as possible. Chemotherapy. Chemo uses drugs to kill the cancer cells. Radiation therapy. Radiation therapy uses high-powered energy beams, such as x-rays or protons, to kill the cancer cells. Radiation treatment can come from a machine outside your body, or it can be placed inside your body, known as brachytherapy. Bone marrow transplant. Your bone marrow is the material inside your bones that makes blood cells from blood stem cells. A bone marrow transplant, also known as a stem cell transplant, can use your own bone marrow stem cells or those from a donor. That transplant allows your doctor to use higher doses of chemotherapy to treat your cancer. It may also be used to replace diseased bone marrow. Immunotherapy, also known as biological therapy, uses your body's immune system to fight the cancer. Cancer can survive unchecked in your body because your immune system doesn't recognize it as an intruder since it's your own cells. Immunotherapy can help your immune system, quote, see the cancer and attack it. But I assume a side effect is that it could also cause your body to attack other organs or whatever. Hormone therapy. Some types of cancer are fueled by your body's hormones. Examples include breast cancer and prostate cancer. Remo removing these hormones from the body or blocking their effects may cause the cancer cells to stop growing. Targeted drug therapy. Targeted drug treatment focuses on specific abnormalities within cancer cells that allow them to survive. Cryoablation. This treatment kills cancer cells with cold. During this, a thin wand-like needle is inserted through your skin and directly in, onto the tumor. Oh, that's cool. That must be really new. Cryoablation. Man, that is that is interesting. A gas is pumped into the cryoprobe in order to freeze the tissue. Then the tissue is allowed to thaw. The th freezing and thawing process is repeated several times during the same treatment session in order to kill the cancer cells. So once again, that's very, very targeted. So that's good. Um, okay, so this this is using the same technology um, you know, if, okay, like I had to get four root canals and they use uh, liquid, how they test if you're the, each of your teeth has a root and if they, they test each of the roots on your teeth, that if it can sense the cold, that means your root is still alive. But if you can't, that means that root is dead. So where you may have seen something very similar that they're using to kill body cells um, in like ads is called, um, it's like the cool sculpting, you know, those cool sculpting ads that you see on TV and I guess the internet, I don't know. But basically they say that they're killing the fat cells over time with these sessions. And, you know, that is how you're 
reducing, you know, because like even if you lose weight, your those fat cells don't go away. They just kind of, for lack of a better word, deflate. That's why it's easier once you've put on that extra body mass, um, it's easier to gain that weight back. Um, so radio frequency ablation. This treatment uses electrical energy to heat cancer cells, causing them to die. During radio frequency ablation, I think these are both very newer, but they're a lot newer. A doctor guides a thin needle through the skin or through an incision and into the cancer tissue. High frequency energy passes through the needle and causes the surrounding tissue to heat up, killing the nearby cells. And clinical trials. Clinical trials are studies to investigate new ways of treating cancer. Thousands of cancer clinical trials are underway. And other treatments may be available to you depending on your type of cancer. Uh, talk to your doctor. Once again, this was not medical advice. Should not be interpreted as medical advice. I just am interested in the topic. You all... I guess link my sources down below and you could go do your own research. I'm not a medical professional, yada, yada, yada. I'm just interested in the topic. Okay, so now what we've all been waiting for. My maternal grandma um, had a, I never met her. She died long before my parents even met. Um, she had a uh, horseshoe-shaped tumor on the back of her skull that went undiagnosed for three years. It basically drove her insane. It was literally attached to the back of her skull, and apparently on the x-ray, it was... A horseshoe shape which oh my god um so this would have been back in the 70s my parents were born in 1960 so it would have been 1977 1978 which of course um the cancer treatments back then would have been a lot more rudimentary than they are now so basically what they did was um, they did radiation therapy. So radiation therapy, if you don't know what that is, um, they shoot um, To me, it's like they're basically microwaving your the area, but they shot so much radiation into my grandma's skull trying to kill that cancer um, now, this is a story. I don't know if this is true, but apparently her she had to wear a lead helmet um, whenever someone would go to visit her because there was so much radiation being pumped into her head that um, they had to... Um, they were worried about, I guess, exposure leaking out from the uh, 
her head, you know, to the visiting uh, family or whatever. So, sadly, it killed her. Um, I never met her. She was my maternal grandma. Uh, my grandpa did remarry, but that's um, besides the point. So, why did you say you had a theory about this, Luke? Um, so, to answer my own rhetorical question, my um, grandma was a, my maternal grandma was a chain smoker. So you might see where I'm going with this. In every picture I've seen of her, she's always holding a cigarette. So what are cigarettes? They're known carcinogens. So, and how we were talking about how cells, cancer cells can metastasize where they break off and can go to any part of your body so my theory is that the cancer cell metastasized or she had an undiagnosed group of an undiagnosed tumor in one of her lungs from smoking that had broken off and latched itself onto the back of her head and grew into that horseshoe shape that went on for three unchecked years. And I believe by the time they discovered it, it was stage three and stage four, and it was too um, late, obviously. And back then, you know, the treatments were rudimentary compared to nowadays. But anyways, guys, um, I wanted to thank you for listening to this. I know this is a heavy topic, and I understand if you skip this episode slash uh, video. Um, share your thoughts down below. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, if you are currently uh, struggling with this or one of your family members or close friends is or friends, um, my heart goes out to them. I'm not a religious man, but that doesn't mean I can't still keep them in my thoughts. And I hope and wish them the very best of luck and that the cancer um, goes into total remission and uh, gets completely healed. This has been your host, Luke, signing out, Reptilian Insider News. Have a good night.